0: a long and lethal tradition in North American mythology. The lore surrounding little explored territories, such as the Nani Mountains in northern Canada, is rich with tales not only of lost minds, but even of wonders such as hidden tropical valleys. In the earliest days of the 20th century, when such stories made their way to the more populated areas further south adventurers began to head north, hoping to find this elusive paradise of geological wealth and geographic beauty for themselves. There is no record that these seekers ever found either, the fabled lost mines or the unlikely lush valleys. But their treks did enrich the cache of legendary tales. Many of those who set out simply disappeared. Those who did return told wondrous stories of their adventures, In the remote and extraordinary north. Today, a hunt for anything resembling the tropics, anywhere near the Nani's, would be recognized as folly. But the existence of valuable mineral finds that have not been exploited certainly remains as a possibility, not only in the remote Nani mountains, but also closer to home. Perhaps If we only knew where to look, we might find not only these hidden veins of precious minerals, but also the ghosts of those who died in their quest for wealth. One of the most enduring tales from the Rocky Mountains is a legend about a lost mine, and those who lost everything in their quest to find it. With great justification, the legend of the lost lemon mine has also been called the great mystery of the Canadian Rockies. As the story has been kept alive now for well over a century, there are by now many versions of the truth. All of them, however, begin in springtime of the year of 1870, near Tobacco Plains, Montana, with a party of prosecutors setting out on a northerly trek in search for gold. Upon reaching the Highwood Range, and what would later become West Central Alberta, Two men from the group, Frank Lemon and his partner, a man named as Blackjack, set out on a route of their own. As they made their way along the course of the Highwood River, the pair was gratified to notice showings, outcropping that indicated veins of gold below the surface of the ground that they were traversing. Not wanting to share their find with anyone else from the original party, Lemon and Blackjack scrambled to gather as many pieces of gold ore as they could. They knew they would need these samples in order to attract a financial backer, someone to bankroll the operation that they would need to establish in order to take advantage of the fortune discovery. Once they had collected a significant number of ore samples, the pair set up camp for the night. They planned to begin heading back to Montana early the next morning. Several variations of the tale exist to explain what might have happened next. Some say that Blackjack and Lemon got into an argument that eventually escalated into a physical fight. Others say that the two were on the best of terms when they turned in for the night. What is known for a fact, however, is that by sunrise, Blackjack was dead, murdered by his former friend and partner, Frank Lemon. As for Lemon, overnight he had gone stark raving mad. According to this version of the story, the now badly deranged Lemon left the body of his former friend where it lay and headed, as best as he was able to, back to Montana. When he eventually arrived at Tobacco Plains, the murderer immediately sought counsel from the local priest and confessed his terrible crime. He admitted that he had murdered his pal. He admitted that he had murdered his partner out of greed, a desire not to share with him whatever riches were to be found. Lemon no doubt hoped that this confession would free him, not only symbolically from the specter of his deed, but in a very real way, from the specter of Blackjack himself, which he was sure had been with him from the moment that he had killed the man. It would seem that Blackjack's ghost not wanting Lemon to profit from his foul deed, had decided to spoil his former friend's plan by appearing as a ghost, and literally frightening Lemon out of his wits. Throughout the long night after he committed the felony, Lemon had been terrorized by ghostly moans and the sight of a disembodied, glowing eyes, leering at him. Black Jack's understandably angry spirit tormented the murderer until the guilty man had gone almost completely insane. After listening to the confession, the priest decided that he had to do something to try to calm the distraught soul of the deceased. Hoping that a proper burial would put the enraged phantom to rest, the priest sent a man named John McDowell north to find and bury Blackjack's corpse. McDowell was successful, and after dropping the remains into the hole that he had dug, The man decided to pay a small tribute to the deceased by making his burial site with the mound of stones. Unfortunately, despite all this effort, neither the corpse nor the spirit were laid low for long. Two young native braves had followed Lemon and Blackjack from the time the pair had broken away from the larger prospecting party. They were still in the area and immediately after the burial, they dug up the corpse and left it for the animals to feast on. Then they rearranged the disturbed earth in a way that they hoped would disguise the fact that the burial had never happened. The young Braves wanted to erase any evidence that might point other non-natives to the area of the mine. It wasn't that they wanted the minerals for themselves, quite the contrary. Ironically, the natives believed that gold was inherently evil. And would bring nothing but misfortune that area though was valuable to the natives for another reason it was a rich hunting ground and they did not want the newcomers or their mining operations to move in and scare the animals away thinking that he had accomplished the purpose of his trip north mcdall returned to tobacco plains he was shocked to learn that lemon was still being tormented by evil spirits and that at times the man actually seemed possessed by a supernatural entity. Gradually, by the following spring, Frank Lemon began to recover from his trauma. Interestingly, he was not made to stand trial for the murder that he had already admitted to committing. Instead, he was set up to lead a group of prosecutors, including John McDowell, back to the murder site. Supposedly, The location of rich gold deposits. The expedition was not successful, for the closer that Lemon got to the place where he killed his friend, the more insane he became. Eventually, the group gave up and returned to Montana, where they immediately made arrangements to send Lemon to his brother's ranch in Texas. There, it is said the crazed man lived until his death many years later, never fully recovering from being haunted by the ghost of the man whom he had killed. Despite the clear indications of what could happen to a man who tried to get near the elusive treasure, McDowell soon headed back toward the high wood range of the Rockies in search of the gold. McDoll never made it back there. He didn't even get close. He drank himself to death at a whiskey post on the way. Over the next few years, there were other attempts to find the treasure, All ended in disaster, a natural disaster in the form of a terrible forest fire, an additional bout of insanity, and a strange, serious, and sudden physical illness. Even the most determined prospectors were beginning to realize that Lemon's mine, as the much-fabled riches had become known, was haunted by a spirit that would not allow anyone to get near it. The next recorded expedition of searchers headed out in 1883. On the second day out, one of the leaders became convinced that evil would befall on him if he went any further, and so the attempt was abandoned. Weeks later, one of the two Braves who witnessed Black Jack's murder back in 1870 agreed to guide a group to the site. The night before they were to leave, the native man and explicitly died in his sleep. When the dead man's son-in-law tried to bury the deceased, the younger man died too. The ghost's body count continued to mount. A non-native French was sure that at last, he located the lemon mine and wrote a letter to his friend explaining that he would be leaving the next day to stake his claim. Immediately after posting the letter, French was the victim of a terrible fire. The building he was resting in burned to the ground, leaving him alive, but permanently disabled and incapable of revealing the location of the gold. Since then, and to this day, hundreds of people have searched for what's become known as the Lost Lemon Mine. Some, but not all, have died, many under mysterious circumstances, and none had succeeded in finding the riches. The night before an expedition was set out in 1912, the adventurers were together in a bunkhouse. Their gathering became louder and louder until, during a slight lull in the racket, the entire group heard a disembodied voice plead with them for some quiet. They wisely took this advice as proof that the lost gold's ghostly guardian was still present and therefore abandoned their plans. Despite years of evidence that clearly indicated that looking for the lost lemon mine was an extremely dangerous undertaking, the search continued. Representatives from both the white and the native communities alike devoted their lives to the fruitless task of seeking the elusive and apparently lethal treasure. In the 1920s, Bill Livingston, son of Alberta Pioneer, Sam Livingston, who, by the way, is widely believed to still be haunting his preserved cabin in Calgary, believed that he had an explanation for at least part of the mystery of the Lost Lemon Mine. The youngster Livingston was convinced that the gold that Blackjack and Lemon had found was not naturally occurring in that area. He believed that the pair had stumbled upon or dug from another location, and somehow, Lost by the original prospectors as they made their way home with their find. Although Livingston's theory would account for the fact that, to date, no one has ever found the lost lemon mine, it does nothing to explain the strange occurring deaths associated with the attempts to find it. Perhaps it would be wise simply to accept that the ghost of Black Jack is still on guard.